Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja. Many of you will know that this podcast was called When Life Gives You Lemons Go Vegan up until last week. And now we're the Corinne Nidja podcast and I'm still nervous and excited about that. And I posted about my reasons for making the change over on Facebook um, a little while ago on my Corinne Nidja Facebook page, which you can read about. But basically this change was made really just to in, in the hopes that it would help this podcast to reach more people. More people will be open to sharing a podcast that perhaps didn't have the word vegan in the title, um, although it still remains, you know, there's still the same um, content, uh, maybe a bit more content as far as other things to do with wellness and health and fitness even. The content is still a whole food, low-fat, whole food, plant-based diet and recovery stories as the, the main portion of what this podcast will contain. But I just wanted more people to reach it who may be put off by the term vegan. Now I know that that sounds like I'm being a bad vegan by saying that, but I know a lot of people are turned off by that and they won't click on it. And I want those people who were like my dad and people that I know who are living with chronic disease, who wouldn't click on a podcast that had the word vegan in it because it's just not something that's they're interested in learning about. I'm hoping that not to trick them into coming, but just that it's one less barrier for them to find this information, if that makes sense. So that's why the change has happened. Anyway, I'm very excited and nervous because obviously having my face and my name on the podcast is, I don't know, for some reason it's, I feel like I was hidden, like I wore a mask before and now I've taken, had to take the mask off and it feels a little bit like I'm, I don't know, <laughs> exposing myself or something. Anyway, I'm... I think I still think it's the best idea for the podcast. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be brave and face my fears of being out there in the open and not hiding behind the When Life Gives Lemons Go Vegan title and logo. So here I am. This week on the show, we have Karen Hauserman and her story is another incredible weight loss story. Now, I've had a lot this, it's just the way it's been as far as the guests that have replied and being willing to come on the show. There's been a lot of weight loss stories recently, but they're always good. And I think if we're 70% obesity rate in Australia and the States and the UK, all around that for all of us, they're important stories to tell and to share. So yes, I'm very excited to hear Karen's story about how she went from 400 pounds down 268 pounds and her entire journey, how she made the change, all those types of things. So I can't wait for you to hear Karen's story. It is so good. Thank you, Karen, for coming on the show. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. So hello, Karen, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Ah, oh, it's my pleasure. So I've already given you a little bit of an introduction, but please, I'd love for you to just start by sharing your story. Where do I begin? I mean, it, it, I could I could go on and on and on, and uh, you know, but it, it really starts from probably adolescence is where I started really seeing the weight gain, um, you know, come on. Um, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I was heavy all my life, um, even as a child, I was overweight. But in my adolescence, I kind of went, you know, I kind of yo-yoed back and forth, 
you know, up and down um, through high school, especially in my senior year. I wasn't too awfully heavy, but I mean, I was I was overweight for sure. And I, I was just very shy and felt alone and was kind of a loner and, and just had a few friends. And I just didn't feel like, you know, I... I felt like there was a part of me that was missing. I couldn't pinpoint it though. So I kind of just continued on. And then I got into my early twenties and I somehow broke out of my shell. I don't know what prompted that. <laughs> I just, you know, it really, you know, I, I had a lot of the same friends, you know, but I, I kind of broke out of my shell and, and I wasn't as shy anymore. I was a little bit more confident, but with that came a lot of the weight gain. I don't know how, to define where they're connected, where, you know, but I did notice that in my early 20s, as my confidence grew, so did my weight. Just to interrupt for a second, I had the same, I had the same experience and I feel like it's because at home, even though I was eating crap when I was living with my parents, I had a free, once I was freed out of home and independent, I ate even more crap because <laughs> I was cooking for myself. And so I was like, I don't want veggies. Why would I add them? <laughs> I'm just going to have takeaways, you know, three times a day. Or whatever. Do you think maybe perhaps, perhaps when you, once you become those early adult years, you tend to throw caution to the wind when it comes to vegetables, fruit, you just eating, you're studying or you're working and maybe you're eating a higher amount of, I found for me that that's what I was doing, that I was eating much more rubbish food than when I was at my mom and dad's when I thought I was eating terrible there. <laughs> yeah, I think so to a degree. Um, in my early 20s, I, well, I got married in my mid-20s, but in my early 20s, I was kind of more focused on my career and, and, and branching off and, and going to work. I didn't go to college. Not that at that point. And so I was just in the working world and trying to make something of myself. And so I think I kind of got a little lax, you know, but again, I think it was that overconfidence that I, I kind of felt, okay, now I, I feel more popular. I have more friends. I'm doing more. I'm enjoying life more. So why, you know, just go ahead and go with the flow. Right. And like a lot of, of young adults in their twenties and and I got married and I think I kind of at that point just decided, well, I'm married now. I started having children right away. I don't need to worry about attracting any men. I'm married, you know, and so why not just go with the flow and, you know, <laughs> you know and uh, and just do what I want. And I kind of got too relaxed, I think. And, you know, I started worrying more about raising my children than myself. It was all about my, my kids and taking care of them. And then in my mid thirties, I started, that's when I went to college. I decided I wanted to do more for myself too. That, that was then my goal to help my children as well and kind of give them, um, you know, the, the, the mindset that, it's never too late, you know, to educate yourself and you can always um, improve yourself. And so that's where I kind of put my focus was on my, still on my kids and my family and my schooling. 
and uh, in trying to improve myself there. And so, but I had tried every diet. Imagine, I knew I was still miserable because my weight just kept climbing. After I started having children, I gained 100 pounds and I gained 50 pounds, you know, and then I tried every uh, diet out there and I lost weight and gained it back double. And so it was a constant pattern and I felt lost. I felt like, you know, there's something missing. What, why isn't this working? You know, nobody could help. Doctors couldn't help. Uh, they would, they would all suggest the same thing and and none of it worked. And I even got to the point where I was scheduled for gastric bypass surgery. I was prepped, ready to go five minutes from the knife and they canceled on me. They told me I was too high risk. So you were on the table. I was, well, five minutes from the knife. I mean, I was prepped and ready for surgery and they canceled on me five minutes before going into the surgical suite. So that devastated me. That just turned me to food more. And so I gained more weight and I felt lost and I felt forgotten and I felt abandoned and I felt like I was never going to lose the weight and I was never going to be the person I truly felt was hiding inside of this large person. You know, I got to the point where my weight climbed so high, I was over 400 pounds. I carried this weight for about 30 years, you know, um, the obesity and then the morbid obesity for many, many years. And I found like I was trapped inside this body and that I, I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know how to solve this problem. And being being turned away so close to having the surgery really just made me believe that there was no hope. I look at it now as a blessing in disguise, you know, because I didn't need it. But back then I didn't know, I, I couldn't wrap my, my head around why it happened. Yeah. That would have been your la- in your mind, your last chance. Yeah. I felt it was my last chance. And, you know, I felt, wow, you know, I was, everything was fine. I passed all the tests, you know, it seemed like I don't understand why. And they really never gave me any concrete answers. They just said, you're too high risk. And so I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know, you know, at the time, now I look back at it and go, well, maybe I wouldn't have survived this. Maybe I would have gained it all back. Um, You know, obviously there was a reason for it. I believe there's, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I was not meant to have that surgery. And, but it wasn't until 2010, I'd already completed all my schooling. I've gone, I'd gone through many years of college. I was working on improving myself in my career, but I still felt lost. I felt like something was, my, my life was not complete. I couldn't pinpoint what it was, but I knew I was unhappy in my marriage. I was, I was not where I needed to be in my career, even though I'd gone through all this college. I felt like I was still missing something. And, and, and I knew I wasn't happy about my weight and I wanted to lose the weight desperately. And I wanted to feel good about myself. And for once in my life, outside of an early adolescent, I wanted to be thin. And, you know, I, I, it was in 2010, right after Thanksgiving that I was, I was living in Georgia with my family and I was just relaxing at a Starbucks and I was having coffee and I, and I tended to go a little bit overboard on the espresso and all of a sudden I got this pain in my left arm that radiated around my back, went up to my neck 
down um, my other arm. I mean, it just like it, it followed the, the, the typical pattern. I knew exactly working in healthcare. I knew what it was. It put me on the floor and my friend who worked there, who was closing, who was the manager there, he wanted to have me go to the emergency room. And I said, no, uh, I would think I was more scared than anything because I knew what they were going to tell me. And I didn't want them to tell me that I had just had a heart attack. And so I just said, nope, I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. I insisted. And I got in my, in my van and I drove home. Oh my gosh. I drove all the way home like that. And I thought, I'll just rest. It'll go away. I'll change positions. I knew how, I know how this goes. Right. And it did subside a little bit, but I didn't even tell my family. And I kind of just went and hid in my room and didn't say anything and just said I wanted to be alone. I woke up the next day and decided, well, you know, I'm just going to go on with my, my daily life, right? Make my coffee, make my bacon and eggs for the family, right? And then I just stopped. It was like something came over me. I just stopped and I just looked at it and I thought, what am I doing? You know, I, and, and it just like all flooded me. And I'm like, I just, I just had a heart attack and I'm standing here making bacon and eggs. What am I doing? And I don't know what came over me and why it suddenly mattered what food I was making, but it's it just something told me that this was not right and I needed to stop. And so I just, I turned off the stove and I just walked away from it and my family was to be like, what are you doing? We're hungry. And I said, and I, I told my husband at the time, I said, you're going to have to finish this. I said, I can't. And I wouldn't give him any, any explanation. I just said, I, I got to be alone. They, they thought I was nuts, but he went and he took care of it. And I just went and I hid in my room and I didn't say anything for the rest of the day. And then I finally told him and he wanted me to go to the doctor. And I said, no, no, because I, you know, and I, and I was scared still. I knew I didn't want it confirmed. I already knew. And that was good enough for me. And I knew I needed to make changes. And so I didn't really tell them what I was going to do. I just decided in my mind that I was going to make changes and I didn't know how I was going to do it, but it had to be done. And so I decided I'm going to have a New Year's resolution. And I know everybody never keeps these New Year's resolutions, but I'm going to keep this one. And and it's not just going to be this. It's going to be everything that I feel needs to be changed in my life. You know, I felt lost in my marriage. I knew that that had to change. Uh, something had to change there. I knew my career was not where it needed to be. Something had to change there. So I decided this was a multifaceted resolution that would happen January 1st of 2011. I said, I'm going to enjoy the holidays until then. I didn't go crazy, but I, I enjoyed it. And January 1st came and I woke up and I said, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And, you know, I just sought out strength and I said, that's it. It's going to happen. And something just, I mean, it just came over me. I just, I grabbed a, a, a notebook and I labeled it, you know, my journal. And I decided I was going to journal everything that went in my mouth. I didn't know what else to do other than research because I had had the experience of researching in college. And so I knew that I just had to jump in and just figure it out. And I didn't have any help from family. I had no support system. Nobody believed in me. I had no, um, no help from doctors, no nutritionist, nobody there. I didn't go to any meetings or anything like that. I just, I borrowed a, a Weight Watchers point system book from my mom 
And I decided, well, I'm not going to any meetings. I'm just going to follow these points and I'm going to journal it. And when I'm done with my points for the day, I'm done eating. And I did that. And that was where I started. And I joined a gym and I decided that I was going to go to the gym five days a week. And I was so overweight. I, I found it hard to exercise. So I didn't do any cardio. I did all strength training. I felt better and I felt it easier to do. And I did that five days a week and I, and I had a, a trainer um, help me design a program and that along with the research and just trying different things. And I tried a multitude of different things, but it started with those points and I just tried figuring it out myself. Uh, you know what, when it didn't work, I switched it up and I, and I tried something else. And then I, then I went organic and I got better results there. And then I eventually, I, I um, you know, I, I went into reading labels and learning what to eliminate, what to include, how to food combine. I did so many different things based on my research and borrowing from this person or that person. You know, I, I did a lot of holistic methods. I went, I was involved in superfoods. I did green smoothies. I did so many different things that, each time I tried something new, I got better results and the weight started coming off. It was slow at first until I started understanding the methods and what I needed to do. And then it started picking up and, uh, I lost a good amount of weight in 2011, but it was in 2012 when I really switched gears that the weight really just fell off me and um and, and and I and I and I swear up and down now by the different methods that I've done all helped but when I found out the ones that helped the most the fastest and that were the most sustainable I realized that it's not a, it, it wasn't about diets in the first place it wasn't diets weren't sustainable and I and I still to this day I will I will stand by that, that mantra. I'd say diets aren't sustainable. I've tried everyone under the sun and I, you could lose weight, but I gained it all back. And this I have not. So what did you do? Well, gosh, I, well, I, outside of starting with the, um, the Weight Watchers points and then I started weighing food until I was able to eyeball how much a couple ounces was, you know, I, I learned how to read labels, food labels you know, avoiding high fructose corn syrup, um, anything labeled soy in, in the labels, uh, oils, different things I knew to avoid. And then I really focused more on whole foods as opposed to processed foods and um, more vegetables than fruits. I followed a, a low glycemic diabetic style diet because I work with diabetics all the time. So I understood how that worked. That helped me re reverse prediabetes. Uh, I reversed heart disease. I reversed joint pain, thyroid autoimmunity. Um, I mean, I feel younger than I did in my 20s. I feel more youthful than I ever have. And I'm able to do things I couldn't even do then, you know, that, that even my kids can't do who <laughs> are in their early 20s. And so... I, I just feel like I'm reversing the aging process, but I think what worked the fastest, what worked the, the best 
out of everything I've tried was when I started eliminating meats and dairy. When I got rid of all the, the outside of cheese and uh, cheese and egg were eggs were the last things to go. But and I had the hardest time with those. They are the hardest things for everyone, Karen. Everyone struggles with cheese and I, eggs. Uh, yeah. And, well, now it's so easy because it's an alternative for everything. But back then, you didn't have a lot of choices, you know, and I don't know how people even did it five years before that, mm. you know, when there really weren't a lot of options. But I found, well, high raw to me, when I was doing a lot of smoothies and I was doing raw in superfoods, I lost a lot of weight very quickly. And that gave me a drive of energy. I felt the, like I, uh, the healthiest when I do that. I still do. When I, when I eat raw, I still feel the healthiest. I feel like I have more energy. And, but when I started going organic, that sped up my weight loss considerably. And then when I gave up pork first, my body just like loved it because my body couldn't handle it anymore. So it was easy, but then beef and then, um, you know, any other kinds of animal meats, I, I gave up Chicken and seafood were the last of, of animal products that that I kept. And I went in 2012, early 2012, I went, um, well, right before then, actually, I went um, more like I was almost at the point of pescatarian. But again, I still had the, the um, cheese and the eggs and the seafood. I gave up the chicken. And then I just had the seafood. So I was really more like a pescatarian. And um, and I maintained that for probably about six months. And I felt good. I was losing a lot of weight. It, it really sped up at that point. And I thought, wow, this is like really working. Every time I try something new, I'm getting better results. And then I decided at that point, I thought, well, gosh, if it's working this well, why don't I just up the ante and just go vegetarian? you know, and, um, and get rid of the seafood, you know, and see what happens. I was curious more than anything at this point. And so I decided, you know, even though I loved my salmon and I love my shrimp, I, I just decided to do it. And oh my gosh, I mean, it just like, it was astounding the way I felt. And, you know, my body just, the health overhaul was already happening, but in the weight loss, more than doubled at this point. You know, I lost probably about 80 some pounds the first year. And then after I went pescatarian, I, the, the weight loss started really speeding up. I was able to lose about 20 pounds in three months, you know, I'm sorry, 60 pounds in three months, 20 pounds a month. And, um, then when I, when I decided to go vegetarian, and at this point, again, I still just had the eggs and the cheese. And that was the only thing that was that was keeping me from being vegan, which I swore up and down I would never do. <laughs> Everyone swears. I swore up and down. <laughs> I kid you not. I said, there ain't no way I am going vegan. No way I'm going to eat twigs and grass. Because that was the mentality. And it still is with a lot of people. What do you eat? Twigs? And, yeah, that's all I eat all day. I decided that I'm going to go vegetarian. I'm going to give up the seafood, you know, and I'm just going to take the plunge, right? Well, I did. And I kid you not, I was vegetarian for like a hot minute. And I said, what am I doing? Why not just go for it? I mean, how close am I at this point? What am I so afraid of? You know, I, I'm, I'm, every time I do something new, I'm getting better results. And 
So there's obviously something to this, you know? And so I realized that, you know, the, I said, yeah, there's a lot of alternatives out there. I said, I'll figure out how to get my, you know, my egg omelets that I want. You know, my problem was that I'm, I'm a very strict holistic type plant-based vegan where I don't do tofu. <laughs> yeah. I don't like tofu at all either. <laughs> I have it very occasionally if, you know, I'm it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it ends up in the food I'm eating, I mean, okay, I'm not going to like, oh my gosh, you know, but I, I don't go out and seek it. You know, I'll eat fermented organic soy products like to, um, tempeh. Yeah. But I, I really um, was more about the whole foods. I did the, the green smoothies when I did that. I did that for three months uh, the first time I did it. And I, it just blew me away. It blew me away the way I felt and how much weight I lost. And and a lot of that came before, right around that time then that I decided, once I did that, that was when I was going to go really push the the um, the limits and, and do this vegetarian thing. And then I just decided to take the plunge. I said, I don't know what I'm afraid of. Just do it, Karen. I mean, you can always go back. I mean, what's it going to hurt, right? I took the plunge overnight. I went from vegetarian to vegan overnight, and I just said, well, I figured out this much. I'll just figure out how to get my egg omelet in some way, you know, without the tofu. And <laughs> I mean, it took me still uh, like a couple years to, to get there. And I was able to find alternatives that allowed me to have that. But, and I was blown away when I was able to have it and it tasted good. <laughs> but I didn't miss any of the other stuff because there's so much out there to offer that. And then when my body just started accepting all these changes and I started feeling so good, I didn't miss any of that. And everybody asked me, don't you miss? No, I don't miss the pork. I don't miss the beef. I said, I can make myself a bean burger. Seriously, in, in a half hour's time, done. Right? I'm ready on my plate. All with, with you know, whole foods. I, you know, I can use oatmeal. I can use black beans. I can use, you know, different spices, herbs out of my garden, kale. I mean, I could throw all this all together. And I've done this. I've made beet burgers. I mean, it's so easy and I've actually enjoyed learning how to cook again and get more creative because I feel like I am able to be more creative now than I ever have been because I'm not depending on convenience foods, you know, the processed foods. I'm making the stuff myself. I can make soup in 15 minutes. And, you know, I said, it's so easy and people think it's so difficult. And then they said, well, what about when you're, I said, I have a business. I'm on the go all the time. There are times when I, you know, I'll grab just a simple sandwich and it may not be what I really want or what I should have. And I think we all do that. I said, but if I plan it, just a little bit of planning, you know, I can I can have healthier options that are very quick and convenient and easy to eat on the go. And I'm not losing it. I'm actually getting more than enough protein. I'm getting more than enough iron. You know, I lost all this weight over the age of 40, so I debunked the myth that you can't lose weight as a woman over 40. Exactly. Especially if you're perimenopausal, which I was. <laughs> you know, so so everybody says, oh, well, yeah, you can't if your hormones are all up. No, I did it all over the age of 40 while going through this, you know, and that autoimmunity was attached to that, that thyroid autoimmunity to that perimenopause that was preventing me from losing the weight until I figured out it's lifestyle. It's all about what I'm putting in my body. That's so good. So that's, that's the key. And, and that's, 
still to this day, that's what I teach people. I talk to people about and I, and I tell them, I said, this is really not difficult. I can show you how to do this. I says, you got to have a base to work from and everybody's body is different. And then you build from that base outward. You know, of course I, I wasn't as bad off as some people who were heavily medicated or very, very ill. You know, I know some people who have lost a significant amount of weight who were literally on their almost pretty much on their deathbed. You know, they've reversed significant disease, cancers, you know, and all on a plant-based diet and lifestyle. And so I tell people, I said, anything is achievable when you first want it bad enough and you find out what you need to do to get to that point and you find out how easy it is. Then you ask yourself, why did it take me so long? <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. And and that's all I ask myself now. That's the only regret I ever I have is why did it take me so long to figure this out? You know. But apparently it was for a reason. I wasn't supposed to do it back in my twenties. You know. Maybe I don't know why. Maybe it was supposed to be. Maybe it was because I'm I'm older and wiser and I'm able to accept it more. I don't know. I don't know. But how did you? How did you find? making these transitions with a family, with, with a young family? Oh, gosh. Well, it wasn't easy, you know, having, uh, you know, my children. Well, this was, you know, I'm going on eight years now um, from when I, you know, to the, from the point that I had lost it all. And, um, and they were, so they weren't, they weren't too awfully young, you know. They were teenagers, and and my my youngest was, um, like a preteen, you know, and so they were already, pretty much set in their ways, you know, and um, it was what I found most difficult was trying to promote this to them when they had been taught all their life for so much longer over time how not to eat healthy because, and, and that was me. I mean, I taught them that way, you know? And so I thought, how am I going to undo the damage that I feel I've done? You know, when this is all they know, it's not their fault. You know, this is this, and, and it wasn't just me. It was also my, my ex-husband now still to this day, but it, it's kind of funny because he'll ask me for advice, you know? And even though he continues to eat the way he does and still eats animal products and so forth, but tries to exercise it off. And, you know, I talked to him about it and, and we have a good relationship, you know, um, still. And it was very difficult, I think, to because I, I had to I felt like I, I had to make food for myself and I felt like I was making food for them. You know, I let him do a lot of the cooking because at that point it was it was very almost discouraging for me because I didn't have a support system. I didn't have, my family didn't support me. Um, you know, my kids were my kids, you know, they're like, Oh, go mom, you know, but outside of that, I really didn't have a support system from my, my family or friends. And so I had to really, it was all up to me to be motivated, self-motivated. And I had to want it bad enough and I had to maintain that. And I think I always had that kind of mindset, that personality, but I've always been very driven and, and hard-headed. Like if I had my mind set on something and I knew I wanted it, I wasn't going to let anything get in my way and I was going to make it happen. And, you know, but this seemed to be the hardest thing for me to to solve was this weight loss dilemma. And, and, and then when I was solving it, when I was actually making this happen, 
And I was so insistent I was going to make this happen. Nothing was going to stand in my way. Not my family, not my kids, not my, not my husband at the time, not anybody. And I said, I'll just, you know, but I can't force them to eat this way, you know. So I had to, when I would cook, I would cook for them as well. And that was a little tough, you know, when I started giving up the meat and I knew that they still wanted it. And so I kind of got to a point where to not discourage myself, I, I just let him, I let my ex-husband, you can cook the, you know, for them. And uh, if you want me to make salads and anything like this, I'll do that. And still to this day, I still do that, you know, and, um, you know, at family functions or whatnot, or if we're all together, I'll take care of, you know, and he'll take care of that end of it. And, and I'll take care of the, the plant-based part of it. And it wasn't as hard as I thought it would have been. It was just that I had to, I had to stay focused, you know, and I had to remember that this was my journey, not theirs. Um, this was my transformation, not theirs. And once I was able to focus on that, I was able to look at it as that I still accepted that, well, I'm not going to turn my back on them because I've gotten results and I still don't to this day. I'm going to turn my back on them because they don't want to jump on board and take the same journey, you know, um, as long as they're open-minded and they'll eat what I prepare for them or what I provide them. And they are, um, my, all my kids and even my ex, well, they'll all try something that I make. Um, uh, my youngest is probably the most open-minded my oldest child is probably the least open-minded. <laughs> you know, he's the most set in his ways, but he, he will try it. And he, his diet's a little bit more diverse, but my youngest seems to be the most open. I was, I, I even had a, um, his graduation party was all vegan. Oh, wow. And yeah. And he was very open-minded to it. And he enjoyed it very much. He, he enjoys the food and his, his, his out to, um, outlook on it is as long as it tastes good. Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just, I think that he's still at 19, he's got more years in where, but all my kids, but it, where they don't, they've had too many years in where they were taught otherwise, you know, and it's kind of like a learning curve. You either got to, you got to want it, Oh, you don't want it, you know, and they're not ready, you know, at least not yet to want it bad enough, you know, so I just present it to them and hope that they'll, they'll come around. And, um, and that's kind of what I tell people though. I just show them, I, I, I love to show other people's stories of success and especially when it comes to overhauling their health and reversing disease and I have a friend who had stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, my best friend from high school, who I lost, um, I lost, we, we kind of separated and um, our friendship kind of um, got sidetracked and for years and I lost touch with her for many years. And then through a mutual friend, 
we got back together back in 2014, I found out through this mutual friend that she, that I needed to contact her right away. And I, and I was given her phone number and I was told that because this mutual friend knew my journey and she says, you need to help her. And she was just diagnosed with a horrible disease and she wouldn't tell me what it was. And so I, I contacted this friend and she was in tears and she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you called, you know, you contacted me. And she told me she was diagnosed, just diagnosed with stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. It was slow moving, but it was still at that, that stage four. And that kind of scared her. She's younger than me by um, about a year and a half. And I, she was like, I don't know what to do. I, I think I've been eating right. I, I, you know, I haven't eaten, had beef in years. I, I eat a lot of vegetables and she was, had a lot of questions and she couldn't understand why this happened. And so I met up with her and, and, and I said, yeah, but how many years were you not eating this way versus how many years you were? I said, you got to look at the, the, the difference here. And I said, so for X amount of years, you were eating junk, you know, and, and then there are other factors that you have to consider also that may have caused this. And so I said, it doesn't matter what caused it. What matters is let's get rid of it. And she didn't believe that it could still to this day. She's still kind of in denial that she's completely reversed this, you know, and she's in full remission and she still doesn't, she still tells people I have cancer. I'm like, no, you don't. Your doctor, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, um, you know, I immediately put her on, I said, I'm putting you on a plant-based diet. You're going to follow exactly what I tell you to do. You're not going to argue. And I could, I could talk to her this way because she was like my best friend, you know, since high school. And so I could kick her butt, you know, she didn't listen to me. And I told her I would. And I said, you're going to listen. If you want me to help you, you can listen to me. And I said, I'm putting you on a plant-based diet and you're going to do juicing, but you're going to juice vegetables, not fruits. And you're going to, you're going to go, you're going to incorporate superfoods. And she started um, doing some of her own research and talking to people. And so she started doing wheatgrass shots and she started um, incorporating hemp, um, uh, hemp seeds into her diet and, um, and different other superfoods. And, um, and then started to eliminate a lot of the processed foods. And I told her what to include and what to avoid. And she didn't like kale. And I said, well, put it in a smoothie and disguise the taste. I said, you've got to do something, but you need it. And so I, I started giving her all these tips and these different menu plans and, 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 and suggestions for meals and certain things. And she said that she talked to her cardiologist about it. And he's like, well, since it's so slow growing, we'll give it a try. Because she didn't want chemo. She didn't want radiation. She was scared of that. And I said, well, it's your choice, but I wouldn't do it. And I said, try it. I said, and she said, she asked a cardiologist and he said, since it's slow growing, he'll let her do it. And she, she did it. And he said, I'll come, I'll check up on you in three months, unless you're having any issues then sooner. She had no issues. And in three months he checked her and he's like, I can't find any of the tumors. I don't know what you're doing but you need to keep doing it. And she told him, she goes, this is what my, my friend did. She, he goes, well, it's working. 
because every one of your, and she had a variety, she had tumors all over her lymph system and they were small. And again, it was slow growing. He said, so we do have to consider the fact that slow, if it was a fast moving cancer, I would not, you know, I would have been a, a little bit more resistant to you doing this. And he goes, but apparently it's working and it's shrunk them to the point where they're not detectable. And he said, every, he can't find any. He says, they're, they're just not detectable. It's like they just disappeared. And he was shocked. And he's like, just keep doing it. Do not stop. And so she just, you know, and, and she got so to a point where she was like, just so relaxed about it. Then she kind of slid, you know, and got back into her, a little bit of her old lifestyle. But she started eating things that weren't so good for her. And she started feeling bad again. I'm like, and she went, she said, well, they didn't say it was back, but I still feel like kind of sluggish. And I'm like, all right, then reverse it and go back. And she did. And so I said, see, it's a lifestyle. You have to maintain this, but your body has to catch up for it to drive all this out of you, you know, and keep it away for a long enough period of time. Well, now it's, you know, that was 2014 and she has not had any relapse since, um, since that little backslide. And, um, she she works out every day. She feels healthy. <clears throat> excuse me. And um, youthful, like she is in her 20s again, you know, and she's continued to eat plant based. And it's just it's so moving to see her overcome this. And I just wish she was more accepting of it, you know, in her own mind that wow, I feel great. I mean, she doesn't seem as confident and accepting as she should be for somebody who's overcome this, you know? I think that she still has that that belief that cancer can't be reversed. You know, oh, this it's, it's like, okay, I might buy myself more time, but it can't be reversed. And I don't know why, and I don't know how to get her to that point other than to just keep encouraging her and help keep her on track. And I think that her husband has a lot to do with that as well, because he's very helpful in that department. You know, when I, when I offer something and, um, he can, he can become a little laxed, but for the most part, he's very, um, very open to helping her sustain this when he sees that it's making her healthy and happy. I think that it's great to have a supportive partner, but I think one of the things that I think people, when you have a diagnosis like cancer, our society, we're just, we're just told the scariest scenarios of cancer so much and so often that it is really hard to think that you can reverse it or heal from it. And I, I guess it isn't that common because most people are too scared to even try to go plant-based as the, you know, and I, I'm not saying that people should, you people should do what they, whatever, whatever, whatever help makes them feel the most calm and that, that they're prepared to do. But, you know, stories like um, Jeanette Murray Wakelin's breast cancer story, you know, she is now, I don't know if you know her story, but she's run 366 consecutive marathons around Australia. Wow. I've never story. But after being given a terminal breast cancer diagnosis, she was given six months to live. And she, she did that, those, those marathons when she was 60 years old. Wow. 
So she, her story is incredible. And I think that your friend needs to hear stories like that. I think you're right. You know, stories. There's another story on the show now. My, I, it was um, Dan and Sean, uh, the Indian rock vegans episode of the podcast. And he was given a very small amount, under a, a year, I think a year to live, terminal stage four cancer. And, um, and he was cancer free in six months. Oh, wow. And he had, you know, he had it in everywhere. And they said, you know, there's nothing we can do for you at all. There's no treatments left. And then six months later, now he's, you know, and he's in his, I I, I want to say 50s, maybe early 60s. But he's just thriving, ripped, super healthy, completely cancer free. So, yeah, those I think that those stories, your friend maybe needs, she has, Maybe when you, when you think that you're the only one that has indetectable cancer, it still seems like you've still got cancer. But you know, stories like Jeanette's and stories like Dan's, where they've were given terminal cancer diagnosis, and now he's the fit, you know he's a policeman, he's super fit. She's running everywhere and hiking all over the world now. She does huge runs and hikes everywhere after being told she had six months to live. It's just incredible. Wow, that's amazing. I'm going to have to definitely show her a lot of those, you know. I think I would have thought her husband would have been a motivator, motivating force for her. I mean, he's 60 years old, you know, and he's a former firefighter. And he's very fit. And he's retired and he stays fit, you know. And so she'll constantly refer to look how great, you know, and fit my husband is, you know. And he's 60 years old and, you know, he gets a lot of comments, you know, when I've had even family members of mine who have met him, um, you know, have said, gosh, I can't believe he's 60 years old, you know. And I, and it, to me, I almost, I almost look at that and go, well, what do you think 60 is supposed to look like? That's not, <laughs> you know, I said, I think he looks normal for 60. I want to look still very good when I'm 60 and I'm 51 you know, and so I think that he's, he's a lot of what he's doing, though, is part of his genetics, you know, his, his father's still alive, you know, at almost 90 years old, and, and very fit and gets around very well, you know, um, but so a lot of it is his genetics, but it's also his lifestyle, you know, and, and what he's done over the years, he's been his diet has been pretty good you know, for the most part over the years. And he has not had beef in probably 20 years, you know. And, you know, so a lot longer than she has, you know. And so I think that she, he helps motivate her in that respect when she sees, you know, and looks at him at his age and goes, oh, okay, you know, he's healthy and he's, he, for the most part, he's staying healthy, you know. And so I think that helps her. But I think she needs stories that more resonate with her um, on what she's gone through, you know. And if she sees that these other people who have had cancer, especially stage four, have reversed it. And it's even those who where it's metastasized more throughout their body than she had. And it was a faster growing cancer and they've reversed it. And it was all based on lifestyle and a lot of the same things that she's doing. She's going to, that's going to encourage her more and maybe help her become more accepting of what, yeah, of the fact that she has, she's in full remission and that this is 
you know, that it is, you know, pretty much whether it's breast cancer or whether it's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, a lot of these cancers are completely reversible and they're lifestyle based, just like diabetes, type two diabetes. A lot of people don't realize it's a completely lifestyle disease and they think it's, you know, that they're just destined to have this the rest of their life. And I said, that's not true. You know, only if you really want it, the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, I mean, it truly is. I mean, uh, you know, I know people who have had it a lot worse than I did. You know, I was, I was, lucky that mine didn't wasn't more progressed you know but heart disease people have reversed heart disease in 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 serious stages you know um, not even the beginning stages and so um, I know people who have other diseases and, and they were like literally unable to walk or you know unable to function and and now they're doing incredible things and it's just so motivating to see so many people beat so many illnesses and lose significant amounts of weight and totally reverse the aging process and give themselves um, a greater chance at longevity, you know, and in, in, it's just, it's just so gratifying to see this from so many different levels and all age groups. You know, you have these people who are in well into their 60s and up who are doing amazing things at transforming their health. And, and a lot of people think, no, it's too late at that point. Absolutely. It's not. We had Esther Loveridge. Hi, Esther, if you're listening. She was on the podcast two episodes, three, two or three episodes ago, um, episode 54, I think. And she's 75. She... She started her journey and sat 73 years of age. She was, gonna, was about to have a double knee replacement and she changed her diet and now she's the lightest she's ever been as an adult. She's lost so much weight. She's skipping around. She's just doing an amazing – she's just no, – no knee replacements. Her, she didn't need it. She just lost the weight, feels amazing, and now her knees are fine. It was just great. So you, it's never too late. Esther tells you that it's never too late. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I work with – you know, that's the kind of thing that I do for my for my background is is um, I fit bracing products. I work with diabetics in, in – for their foot, you know, foot and ankle specialist. And, but I also fit orthotic bracing products for the whole body. And I tell people all the time and I tell my patients all the time when I, I educate them on nutrition, you know, especially my diabetic patients. And they'll say, well, how can I, how can I help this neuropathic pain? How can I make it subside or go away? And I'll say, well, first of all, you know, it's all about your glucose levels. You're going to stop it in its tracks if you lower your glucose levels, you know, neuropath, the neuropathy can't progress unless your sugar levels are high. And so they don't believe me. And then they do it and they're like, wow. And, you know, and then they, they realize that, that a lot of the inflammation that comes with, um, injuries, um, you know, whether it's, you know, these diabetics who fall or, you know, uh, somebody involved in sports, you know, the sprained ankle or whatever, or, they, they develop tendinitis or whatever the case may be. And then they wonder, why do I have all this inflammation and why isn't this healing quickly? And I tell them, I says, well, just change up your diet. You need a non-inflammatory diet, you know? And I tell them what foods to avoid. And then all of a sudden, you know, the pain goes away. And they're like, what? <laughs> and they can't believe it, you know? And I said, 
you know, I said, yeah, it's not just what most people think is going to happen when you lose weight and you change your diet. It's not just all about, oh, heart disease, or it's not all just about diabetes or just losing the weight or just getting more energy or, you know, there's a lot more to it, you know, and even to the point of just inflammation in your joints, you know, and, and helping an injury recover more quickly. A lot of that's based on the foods that we eat that are causing a lot of this inflammation and just stopping us from healing quickly enough. And then when they realize when they change that up and they eat healthier and then they suddenly feel better, they're like, wow, you know, it's like the light bulb goes off and they, and, and some people make that connection and then make those changes. Other people just go, oh, well, it must be coincidence, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and so it's going to take more for them, but it's a step in the right direction, you know, because I think inside they're, they're just not ready yet to make that change, but they, they get it. Some part of them gets that and they, it may take a few times, like any habit takes a few times for it to actually stick. I think the same thing, they have to do it a few times before it sticks in, you know, in, in their head and they go, oh, okay, I need to, I need to change what I'm I know doing. it took me about four years. <laughs> well, I mean, it took me 30 years to figure out. Oh, no, 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 know, well, like, I'll, say, I'll say 28 then. <laughs> it took me so long. I mean, you know, seriously, when it takes you, when you're morbidly obese for this number of years, and you've tried every diet imaginable and you lose the weight and gain it back and you're ready to give up at this point, you you know, you're on a table ready to have surgery and they turn you down at the last minute for, for reasons that don't even make sense to you and, or you don't understand. And, and, you know, and then you have something as simple as a, as a minor heart attack. That's that you just know that's what happened. And then you, you know, then you, then you think back and all these, these memories flood back when you've gone through different tests and they say, doctors ask, well, when did you have a heart attack? I didn't, you know, and then a lot of that, I, I, those memories came back when I was, you know, going and seeing the doctor and I had physicals and they would ask me, you know, when they would do um, chest x-rays or whatnot. And they'd say, well, when did you have a heart attack? Well, I didn't. Well, that's not what these tests reveal. We show some scar tissue you must have. Mm. And I said, well, apparently it wasn't bad enough for it to even affect me because I didn't know what happened. <laughs> so I would just like, you know, shrug it off and, oh, it's not a big deal, right? And then to have an episode where it puts you on the floor and it was still minor, but it was enough to wake you up, you know, and make you snap out of it and go, whoa, what just happened to me? And then, you know, especially when it happens after you, you know, I've gone through at this point, I'd gone through all my college and had a lot more training behind me. And so I was able to recognize a lot of this, you know, a little bit more quickly than probably back when I was younger. And so that's when I, I, I kind of then connected the dots and go, maybe it was for a reason that I didn't have that surgery. Maybe I wasn't supposed to lose the weight back then and figure this out until I was over 40, until I could, I was wise enough to understand it better and know how to sustain it and how to then move forward with it and, and, and do it the right way, you know? Um, because I, I, I don't think I really am truly one who believes everything happens for a reason. And I think that was supposed to happen in this timeline, you know, and over the age of 40 and to show maybe, other women that who think you can't, you know, that are told the lie of 
you can't lose weight and keep it off over 40 because your hormones are all messed up. And apparently not, because I had gone through perimenopause for 14 years. And I don't wish that on my worst enemy. I said that that came with the autoimmunity that I didn't even know I had at first. And my thyroid was all messed up. And, you know, but then I had all the other symptoms that came along with it that just wreaked havoc on my life and made it unable, you know, I was unable to function uh, for a good many years and hold down a job effectively because I couldn't function with that. And then I realized as I started changing my lifestyle, it started getting better. And it took time because at this point I was already near the end. And what were the symptoms that you were experiencing? We had a, a wonderful woman now, Kim. I'm so sorry, Kim, that your surname's evading me right this second. But she was on talking about how this way of eating was the only thing that worked for her perimenopause. She suffered so much. And you're the second guest that's talked about how it, it, it helped alleviate the symptoms of menopause. Because it just seems like it's something that more people should know about. And that's what Kim was saying, that we don't talk about menopause enough and we don't talk about that the symptoms, we just dismiss them like, ah, yeah, 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 menopause, whatever. You'll be crazy and hot and la, 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 la. But that makes it seem like nothing when it actually is something that is debilitating, like you say, to women. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was just, you know, to the point where, you know, just there are so many symptoms that come along with it. And, and, and. I think that every woman will experience it differently. I didn't get hot flashes, you know, I, but I got a lot of the, you know, um, just the, the other symptoms that came with it, you know, the typical symptoms. And I got a lot of headaches and I got, um, you know, a lot of mood fluctuations and, and, and different things that, you know, um, that came along with it that a lot of people associate with, oh, it's just a change of life. It's supposed to happen. Every woman goes through this. No, my mother never went through perimenopause. She went into menopause and was done within, you know, a year. I said, I, I was told when I was diagnosed with this in my mid thirties that I would probably have it for 10 years and there was nothing I could do about it. I was told I could not have a hysterectomy because of my weight and my gynecologist wouldn't even consider it. And he said, you're going to, and I'm not going to give you, he goes, your, your, your estrogen is too high. So I'm not going to put you on like birth control pills or something like that. That's going to give you more estrogen, you know, your estrogen dominant. And he said, so you're just going to have to ride this out because back then they didn't, I don't think they had enough, uh, you know, treatments out there, treatment methods and outside of a hysterectomy, you know, and which he wasn't going to consider. So he just told me I had to live with it and deal with it. And I was like, well, oh, at the time I was like, okay, fine. And then when I, as I started progressing through it, I'm like, is he kidding? How can anybody function like this? And, and it, and it really did. It, it hit a peak point right before this happened to me. It hit a peak point that kind of leveled me off for a couple of years where it got so bad. I couldn't even function and I couldn't hold a job properly and I couldn't even leave the house. Um, and it was just so bad. And I decided, you know, in, in, in then as I started seeing the improvements start to happen, even though it was slow, you know, these, this was probably the last thing to improve, you know, um, the energy came first, of course, you know, and then 
the overhauling the diabetes and the heart disease and the joint pain. I mean, that all just started subsiding the quickest. But this seemed to still hang on for a while there, you know, and, and, it, and it, rid, it, it went past that 10-year point. You know, it lasted 14 years before it finally, but the last few years, I would probably say the last, and it's just, I just went into, in, into full menopause. It's been about a year now and well, a year and a half actually. And I said, but probably it was, I'd say after I had lost all the weight and then going forward until you know, uh, for a couple more years, it was, that was when it really started to improve. And I started seeing dramatic improvements, you know, and the pain started going away and all the other symptoms started diminishing. And I was like, okay, so it's, it's getting better, you know? And I didn't connect the dots. I didn't think that had anything to do with it. I thought, oh, it's just going into menopause, you know, and it's just making it's, you know, it's taking its own time here and it's just you know, it, this is naturally going to happen, you know, like for any woman. I didn't connect the dots that they were associated until I started researching that more and realized that now after these experts, you know, these, these doctors, these scientists were finding out that lifestyle and diet did have a lot to do with the improvements in perimenopause. And so they were finding that as, as women were improving their diet and the food that they were, they were intaking and so forth in the lifestyle they were living, that they were actually able to improve their symptoms. And so I was like, Oh, so I'm not crazy. It is true. I mean, it, it, you know, and so that really resonated with me more probably than the other things that I overcame that resonated the most with me because it was just that last half, you know, probably that last third of, what I had left of that, you know, but I had suffered for so long. I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, why didn't I do this sooner? I wouldn't have had to suffer like that, you know? And, but yeah, but again, everything happens for a reason. Right. So I just kept, Oh yeah, well, you know, it was supposed to, or whatever. <laughs> but the point is I got over it and yeah. And so I know now, I know now that, that all this is a result, everything that has happened to me, everything I've overcome, all the good results that I've achieved, you know, it, it all happened because of the changes that I made. You know, I was able to, for the first time in my life, after I lost the weight, I ran a six. Six. So I wanted this. Is, this is what I wanted to ask you: How much weight did you lose altogether? Two hundred sixty-eight pounds. Wow! Congratulations. That's incredible. Thank you. And greater than one hundred inches. I I didn't just stalk the scale, which everybody told me not to do. <laughs> I said, don't stalk the scale. You'll be discouraged. I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like stalking this baby. I said because I want to know, <laughs> you know, every little pound, every half a pound, you know. And I didn't care that I hit plateaus. I mean, I did. I shouldn't. I, I didn't care. I, I, you know, I struggled with those until I figured out how to overcome those. But I did. I stocked the scale, and but I, even from the beginning, I, when I journaled everything that went in my mouth, that kept me accountable. But I also measured myself, and so I wanted to see because everything that I was doing in my research said that you, you may not lose for a while, or you know, you might hit that plateau, but then you might lose inches. And sometimes inches mean more, you know. So I measured myself 
And from the very beginning, and when I started losing the inches and I started seeing these tremendous results. And when I, when I added it all up at the end, I thought, Oh my gosh, I lost more greater than a hundred inches. That is so wonderful. That's, in, that's insane. And I was able to stand in one pant leg. Ah, oh sorry. <laughs> I was able to put my whole body in one Yay! pant leg with my pants. That just blew me away. Oh, you have to get and a photo of you doing that. <laughs> I, I do. I, I do have a photo of that. I'll, I'll, I'll give that to you as well. But that just so what a, I that's amazing that. so 100 inches 268 pounds and a six you ran a 6k and I always people often say to me um and I always people end up not only do they re- prevent or reverse disease or lose a whole bunch of weight but they often end up becoming athletes just because what, what are you going to do with all this newfound energy <laughs> Well, I would. I don't know if I'd call myself an athlete. I mean, I know some you know what I mean. Just run. super fit. Yeah, I mean, I I ran a six k and I thought, okay, I would love to do it again. I haven't, but I did that same year. I hiked ten miles. That was harder than the six k. I will tell you because I hiked in um the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which is all wooded, and uh, you know, the the terrain was very rough, and I wasn't wearing the proper shoes. I will say. And so that, it, it, which is kind of funny because that's what I do. You know, <laughs> my bad. Apparently, carpenters always have bad job, handyman jobs needing to do it. Yeah, my own worst client. But, um, you know, the fact that I was able to finish that 10 mile hike on this rough terrain through the woods, and, you know, my, my, my best friend, the one who overcame the cancer, I was with her and her husband and he was all fine, you know, and, uh, he, he had no issues, but she was like, even, Oh my gosh, I got to go to the car. I mean, she couldn't even finish it. And she went to the car and she sat out probably the last couple miles. And I was like, I wasn't giving up. So I had him, he, he grabbed a couple, her husband grabbed a couple, uh, big twigs from a tree, you know, that were, probably about four feet tall, you know, and I'm not very tall. I'm just like five, three, but they were about four feet, maybe a little over four feet. And he made walking sticks out of them for me right there on a spot. And he said here. And so he gave me those. And I thought, this is kind of funny. This is because I work with people who do this and they actually use professionally made walking sticks, you know, for walking and you make me out of, out of twigs from a tree and so, or branches. And so I thought it was pretty cool, but I even have a picture of me walking with those. He took a picture of me as I was just finishing the 10 miles. Could you believe it? I couldn't believe it. I was like exhausted. I was exhausted. And it was very tough. I said, every joint in my body ached after this. And I thought, gosh, what do you think a 6K would be harder? I said, no, this was harder. I said, because this was a lot further than a 6K. Even though that was up and down hills, you know, um, this, for whatever reason, just seemed more difficult for me. Maybe it was the rough terrain going up and walking on, on this uneven terrain and, and, you know, through the woods and, you know, on, on, on gravel and, and, you know, uh, twigs and, and so forth. I mean, it was just, it was very hard on the feet and, and foot and ankle and uh, the knees. But you and, did it. But you I did, did it. it. I did it. Congratulations. So it. what and would you, if you had to give three tips to people consider listening to your story and considering this life, taking on this lifestyle, what would be your three biggest tips? Well, 
the three tips I would give are, first of all, it's not about diets. Diets aren't sustainable. Um, it is a lifestyle change, and you have to accept that. You have to first, you have to want it bad enough. You can't just, for years, years I said, oh, I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to go on this diet. And that's not what it's about. It's, it's you got to accept at that point that I need to make serious changes in my life. It's a lifestyle change. I need to accept that. And I have to keep an open mind. And you have to do your own research. You can't just believe what's out there and listen to what everybody else tells you. You have to do your own research. But I'd say that the the greatest tips I could give somebody is never give up. Believe in yourself. Even when you don't have a support system and you don't have people backing you, never give up. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Just if you want it bad enough, you will do it. And you just, you have to want it bad enough though. And, and, and that's what I tell people who ask me for help. They say, what do I do? I says, well, first of all, you have to want it bad enough because if I give you tips and then you just do the opposite, it's, you're not going to get the results that you want. And we'll figure this out together. I said, but you got to stick with it no matter what. And even if you hit those plateaus, even if you find that you're not getting the results quick enough, you know, I'm very impatient. I'm probably one of the most impatient people I know. And I tell people all the time, I said, you know, I, I, I don't like to wait. I like instant gratification. And it took me two years to lose that weight. But I also held it for 30 years. So that two years was nothing. Yes, exactly. And so, so that's what I tell people. I said, don't get discouraged if it takes you two years or a year and a half or three years to lose what you're you spent 30 years gaining. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. To, to get to the point where, where you get to that, reach that goal, that end goal. Even I, I haven't even gotten all the way to where I want to be yet. You know, I'm still, I'm probably at the hardest point now. It's like the, maybe the last 20 pounds, you know, I want to lose another 20. I do realize that I have the excess skin and that weighs a certain amount too. And so I consider that, but, I look at what I have achieved and I look at where I was and where I am now and I'm more than happy, you know, with what, with what I have, you know, and, and I call, and I tell people, I said, you know, I call myself a loser, you know, I said, I'm, I'm a loser and there's other, all these other losers out here are awesome, you know, and, and it's kind of funny when I use that term and, and they get a giggle out of it and they say, you know, yeah, I'm a loser. And they're proud of that fact, you know, I said, but it it really is nothing more satisfying, self satisfying, than when you can achieve something, especially when you do it after struggling for so long, and you do it on your own, with nobody backing you. And you have a lot of naysayers and people, negative people telling you, you can't do it. And you do it anyway. And you beat all the odds that people say you can't, like over 40 and perimenopausal, and, and you you can't you can't get sustain, sustainable results with them when you prove that wrong. And then you see other people's stories and what they've overcome. And some you know, and so many of these people are have wow, their their stories blow mine away. You know, I I mean some of their health issues that they had and diseases and 
and they're older than me and a lot of them and some of them are younger and i and, and that's not even the point i said the the fact remains that when people can overcome and improve their life and find out that it's all in their control and that maybe everything they've done all their life was just one big lie that they that you've got to stop believing everything that's out there and start just taking control and realizing that when you start looking into this and you start realizing how much you really do, how much control you really do have over your own life and your own destiny, there's nothing more satisfying than when you can get these results that everybody says you can't. Yes. Yeah. So that's the, the, the three things are never give up want it bad enough and believe in yourself, you know, just, yeah, just believe in yourself for sure. Thank you so much for sharing those. They were so good. Oh, Thank you gosh, so much for coming so well, on the I, show. I'm, I'm just so grateful that you, that you, that you asked me to do this interview. You're and, so welcome. I'm so glad, you know, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing this more as I, as I continue on this endless journey sharing it more with more people and doing whatever I can to motivate and inspire others so that they can get similar or better results. Yes. And I, and I, I just, I want, I just get so excited to see so many people improving their lives and, in taking control and in doing things that are just blowing my mind, you know, and that, and, and it's good. It's good to see this, you know, and I, and your story is fascinating and, and all these other people. And so thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much, Karen, for coming on the show. Thank you all for listening and supporting this podcast, even after the name change. <laughs> and yeah, I look forward to hearing from you all next week. If you have any feedback you'd like to give, you could post them in the comments at, on the show notes on my website. Or you can post them on social media and Karen or I will be happy to get back to you. Or if you have something similar that you've experienced and you want to put that there, like it's great to start some dialogue and conversations about things like weight loss and about things like perimenopause, those kinds of issues that I think a lot of people have tried everything and struggled with. And it'd be great to start, especially about the women going through early menopause and menopause because these struggles are, I, I never knew because I haven't reached that stage. I never knew how significantly impacted women were by perimenopause until Kim came on the show several episodes ago now and shared her story and today with Karen. So I'd love to hear how it's affected you. And, and, and if you've tried a whole food plant-based diet to help to help with <laughs> your symptoms of perimenopause. I'd love to hear from you. Or if you haven't, or if you'd be willing to, yeah, I, I, I really think this needs to be talked about more. So if you are willing to share your stories um, about how it's impacted upon you or, or your success with a whole food plant-based diet, that would be fantastic. Um, thank you all so much. And I will see you all next week. 